0: podcast to power you through a workout or a run hey maybe you're shoveling snow maybe you're doing errands maybe you're doing chores maybe you're on the west coast strolling with your dog in the bright sunshine i don't know whatever the case we're going to be with you in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because dlc is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be and that is completely free thanks to our sponsor this week Shopify. Shopify brings the show to you. DLC, of course, the show, all about games in their many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Kanata, that's spelled with two N's and one T. And I am joined, as always, by my friend, slash co-host, slash nemesis. The guy who doesn't even have to suffer... Me talking about football because we're recording early. We're literally, it's Schrodinger's cat of football outcomes right now. Christian Spicer. Uh, because, uh, I could be the happiest boy, uh, r- my team going to the Super Bowl as people are listening to this, or I could be the saddest boy and my team lost the NFC championship game. Uh, it's Schrodinger's cat. So right now, I just it's just infinite possibility. And so you don't even have to deal with me talking about it endlessly. See? I'm barely talking about it, Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. We are
1: recording uh, Saturday evening as opposed to our usual Sunday evening, which means this will be the first Sunday that Nintendo announces they bought Sony. You know, yeah, like it'll right. be right between the AFC and, NBC, and NFC Championship game. The big news will break, and it'll be like Nintendo buys Sony. Well,
0: you joke, uh, but I mean <laughs> uh, that may happen. We, we may have egg on our face as usual, but also we do know for a fact that the first Halo uh, TV show trailer is going to drop during halftime of the AFC Championship game. So we yeah. we folks will have seen the first trailer for the the Halo T- Are you excited about the Halo TV show?
1: I am very excited about the Halo TV show. Uh, sorry, I had I told you this before we started. I had taquitos for dinner, and there's like one
0: piece of like those.
1: tortilla chip just like no, right in the back of my a, throat. There's gonna be a you lot a of
0: fully swallow a taquito.
1: No, you can't. There's just so delicious. I wanna just chomp, 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 keep chomping. Um <laughs> I'm very excited, and I was probably less excited until Mandalorian showed me the way. Mm. Like it showed a really compelling essentially video game narrative (laughs) you know tv show of a protagonist under a helmet for a a whole lot of it and so i think if if it can do it with a character i didn't care about until the show i think a character i do care about can also have a great great show yeah well i'm excited and
0: uh hopefully uh as you're listening to this you're going oh jeff is so happy right now because the 49ers are going to the super bowl instead of thinking oh Jeff didn't even know the heartbreak he was about to endure.
1: Either way, coming. are you coming here if they win? Are you going to come to the game?
0: I'm tempted. I was looking at tickets for the NFC Championship <laughs> game, and they were like 600 bucks as the the minimum, was 600 bucks a pop. And I was like, I don't think I can swing that. But um, well, you, know, you can I'm stay sure with Super Bowl me. Even be higher
1: if they make the Super Bowl. You're welcome to stay. We have a room for you, so come on Ooh. out. Well, in that case.
0: <laughs> we got to win one more game. Uh, all right. We're not here to talk sports, even in, the, in, even in theory, <laughs> the theoretical sports outcomes. We're here to talk video games, and we got lots of video games to talk about. And even better than that, we have an awesome guest to do it with. Oh, it's been too long since this guy's been on. You know that DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, I'm excited because, once again, DLC stands for Director of the listenable components. Because we have the former audio director at Naughty Dog, our friend Rob Krekel, is back with us. Hey Rob! Hello, my friends. How's it going? It's been too long. It has been too long. It has been you and I both moved out of state. We used That's to have we, we used to have lunches and dinners together. Now we're we're all the way all three of us in different states. It's it's wild.
1: More importantly, we used to have ice cream together. So let's not mm. Get that's hung true. up on yeah, lunch and dinner. It's
0: true. Now, yeah. we, now, Rob, you and I have ice delivered to our front doors uh, via weather. By the sky.
2: Yeah. By the sky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> by the sky <laughs> that's right. <laughs> by this guy. <laughs> oh, what's
0: this guy doing? Um, yeah. Uh, so anyway, it's great to have you back on. Um, and we're, you know, we're, uh, we're going to be talking some Naughty Dog stuff that you worked on because there's some I'm, big re-releases coming up. We'll be getting to that in the playlist. Uh, but we also got some news to check into, so let's start the show the way we always do with Story of the Week. Story of the week it's the story of the week. Story of the week gets the story of the week. Story of the week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. You can also submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. That's where you send any comments, questions, or what have you. We love hearing from you at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. You can also join our communities, lively, fun, cool folks, hanging out both in the Discord at 5x5DLC on Discord and in our subreddit, which is 5x5DLC.reddit.com. Rob, you are our guest, so you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week?
2: You know, uh, looking at the list, I think my favorite story, maybe not the most important story, but my favorite story is that Blizzard is working on a new survival game in a new universe with new characters. It's very early, but Blizzard is one of my favorite developers of all time, has created some of my favorite gaming memories of all time, and... To have them do something new is very, very exciting to me. And I know it's early, but yeah, I, I am very curious to see what this turns into.
0: I'm glad you framed it that way because, you know, I agree with you. Blizzard has been responsible for some of my favorite gaming memories over the years. It, that name has been so tarnished in the last uh, year or two. Um, it's It feels weird to get excited about a Blizzard-type announcement. And this was kind of an odd announcement as announcements go uh because it really was more of a public facing call for uh job openings uh saying that this was a uh a new game in a new universe with quote uh the, the universe is quote full of heroes we have yet to meet and stories yet to be told adventures yet to be lived uh they're hiring a, a bunch of positions including um um, five art positions, two design positions. Uh, it, it really does sound like this is very much in the early stages of development, uh, but it is explicitly listed as a survival game. It is not something that Blizzard has ever done before. Um, also, of course, we're coming right off the heels of last week's news that Activision Blizzard was acquired by Microsoft. So, I mean, lots of... It's crazy emotions and feelings <laughs> and, and info points here. Um, I, I mean, I love that. I too am excited about this. I wonder, a, how you feel about that particular genre, the survival genre, and how Blizzard um, may be able to ha- have their take or spin on it. And b, if Blizzard really does have the cachet that it that it has had in the past, is is Blizzard doing? I mean. I'll frame it a different way. You know, Blizzard doing an MMO made the definitive MMO, right? Blizzard doing an RTS made the definitive RTS. They typically have been late to certain genres that were already successful, but when they came in, they refined them to a point that made them have a mass market appeal that was unprecedented. Do you think they have still have the potential to do that? I think
2: they do in a way but also if we're talking about survival games it's going to be pretty hard to beat Minecraft little game called Minecraft <laughs> um yeah. that that in terms of market share in terms of just overall mind share outside of games is a behemoth that I I'm not sure will ever be toppled um but I as you just de- as you described they're best at taking other other genres that they've yet to dive into and then sort of perfecting the formula. So, and then they have made such great stories over time and their yeah. art style is always unique. Like there's a lot of meat there. Um, as far as survival games go, like that's what I play with my son most often. And so I'm excited about, hopefully there's a multiplayer component if it's a survival game. Yeah, um, And so that has it uh, excited on the business side of things. Like, I think it's an amazing opportunity for the cultural change that is required in Blizzard to bring new people in with hiring practices that encourage the change that they require uh, while Microsoft is hopefully providing them with guidance in that, uh, in that arena. And maybe this is like the first pillar of what Blizzard means going forward. So it's exciting for me, both from the gaming standpoint and from Cultural change, like I really hope that uh, you know they bring in at this early stage, folks that um, you know are maybe different than they've hired in the past.
0: Yeah, I I think that's all well said. I mean, I it's it's I think important for us to convey to folks that are listening that might be might not be clear on it that you know Microsoft is at this point still completely uninvolved with the inner workings of Activision Blizzard. This deal still has to be approved uh by the government uh and it has to go through and so you know this isn't this announcement or or this reveal of a new new game from blizzard has nothing to do with microsoft right this is already something that was in the works and we've seen some reporting uh from folks talking about how internally some blizzard employees have been very bullish on this particular project and how uh, excited they are about its potential um so, you know, I I hope that it, it's it's clear to me that this w- game will not come out until or even we'll even hear more about it probably until well into the Activision Blizzard uh Microsoft Unity <laughs> the unification of those entities. Um so it'll be interesting to see you know if if this feels like one of the kind of the first big Blizzard projects I mean I guess Diablo and Yellow 4 and uh, Overwatch 2 will happen, you know, under <laughs> those aren't coming out anytime soon. So those will also happen under the auspices <laughs> of Microsoft as well. Uh, but Christian, what's your feeling on this? I mean, I, I, I think the interesting thing here is, is like how it made me reflect on my feelings of how I feel about a new Blizzard property these days. I know you vowed not to talk about uh, their games in particular on our show because of how you feel about Kotic and the Activision Blizzard uh, mess. But is there a part of you that uh, still gets excited about Blizzard making a new game?
1: Not while Bobby Kodak is running the show. No, I mean, cause it's just, it's not going, I'm excited because I think that yes, this will come out after Microsoft. The Microsoft acquisition is complete. I, I, I agree that, yes, it has been being worked on for a long time, and this is independent of that acquisition, but the timing of this announcement was surely made after mm. that other announcement was made because if you were hesitant to work for a company that was largely viewed as toxic and under failed leadership – this has to make you more interested in working for that company than you would have been two weeks ago or three weeks ago. And there are still people that Mm. are probably very interested and want to work for blizzard, but having the the order and the the order of operations in which these stories came out, I think is, is very intentional. Um, My question is more what lane of survival game is blizzard going to make? Because, we look at Blizzard as, and I think Rob correctly stated how a lot of people feel, kind of an Apple of video game companies, right? Like Apple does the same thing. They weren't the first to the MP3 portable market. They weren't the first tablet maker, blah, blah, blah. But they come in and apple it. And and Blizzard has a lot of success doing that. But they also have some very big failures there as well. Heroes of the Storm, I think, is, while well, the fantastic game you know jeff you loved it and it connected still with going. a lot of people still
0: going you're kind still of. talking about a past tense but it's still going Yeah,
1: <laughs> <Is it>? um <laughs> <laughs> and and the starcraft ghost and you know all these games that didn't happen that were, were going to be at the time the blizzardification of a genre um yeah, titan
0: is the is, is even the more of the marquee one which is like they yes went down so far down the road reportedly of this yes. project that was codenamed Titan, and then it never materialized. And it turned into, I think, Overwatch, yes. uh, kind of came out of the ashes of that, but it, it had a real material effect on the company. There's a lot of, uh, yes. uh, you know, the, the ramifications of canceling that product
1: were huge. And then, so I'm curious if this is uh, a, how do I phrase this? Like a beautiful survival game, or is this Valheim? Mm you know or minecraft like what aesthetic and how survival games in my opinion require more than anything else incredible systems and then the aesthetic that's
0: what blizzard's so good at i think are incredible systems
1: they have done that very well and then the aesthetic i think needs to be unique um and then i'm so good at that my last question is and i'm curious where this lands if it is microsoft as rob mentioned the owners of Minecraft and also of State of Decay is a big survival franchise on you know owned by Microsoft, and I, it's interesting to see them you know wanting more of that and how externally they would all be positioned against each other if at all. Yeah, I mean, I,
0: you bring up a good point. I think you know that the survival subgenre is broad. And it's kind of hard to even know what they mean when they say it's a survival game. I mean, I think anything that involves... You Uncharted.
1: Know, you die a lot in that. If you play on... <laughs> you <gotta survive.
0: laughs> Literally, Pac-Man is a survival <laughs> game.
1: just got to keep eating
0: pellets, baby. Um, no, it's... Uh, <laughs> how long can you survive in Tetris, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I think... You know, even just, just idea of of crafting uh, things from other things, you know, starting from nothing and building up to something feels like the sort of the heart of of survival game. It doesn't necessarily have to mean, uh, you know, that you are, uh, you know, that you are fighting zombies or that you're any of the things that are already existing in that field. I really do think. I mean, you could have a survival, quote unquote, survival game bright and colorful in the overwatch type universe or whatever, you know, I think it could be cartoonish and fun and still feel like, Oh, I've got to, you know, I start with my bare hands and I end up with a city. I think, I think that's kind of what I imagine when I hear survival game is I start with very little and I, you know, I start, you know, banging rocks together. And eventually I'm making, you know, complex machines in my, cool village. And I think seeing, seeing how blizzard would make the systems that build to that, how they would make that satisfying every step of the way. And uh, is an, an exciting proposition for me. Um, and I like the fact that, you know, they're not just working on whatever franchise next iteration is right. I, I'm glad that they're talking about new heroes, new adventures, new location, a new fictional universe like that's what I want these big companies to to do sometimes is not just make a new, new numbered sequel to the thing I already like. Um, so I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Like Rob, like Rob, I'm hopeful.
1: Rob, do you have a preference of like, uh, cause Jeff, you talked about the differences of survival games, but also like the type of perspective. Like, are you a first person, uh, Minecraft player? Do you want third person? Do you want isometric? Do you have a, you know? any just wishing pie in the sky for what aesthetic or visual what what do you, i guess a uh, perspective they take
2: i mean i prefer minecraft in first person i think it just works better that way though you can do third person i i think given blizzard's like proclivity for making amazing looking art third person kind of jazzes me a little bit more uh being able to see an amazing potentially like custom created character that I'm invested in and actually visually being able to see them, I think is interesting. Um, but I do also want to just take it back a little bit because I, I, I have to be excited about this, not because of the corporateness of everything, but because I know so many great artists and good people that work at ABK and specifically at blizzard that they deserve to have their work be excited about because there are a lot of people that really care about what they're making and want to make a good thing for people to experience. They are artists and creative people. And in spite of all the the nonsense with the the higher ups, like those people shouldn't be punished for, uh, you know, for, those mistakes they should uh you know we we deserve a little bit of a little bit of optimism on something like
0: this because i think it's an opportunity i really do i think that's a beautiful point to end the topic on i think that's a wonderful thing to be reminded of all the time christian spicer what is your story of the week
1: I'm going to continue with the uh, now hiring signs that devs are putting out in the windows, um, and there are two. One I didn't put in the show notes, but Epic Open World mentioned it in the chat, so I'll loop it in here. And that's Crytek is uh, making Crisis Four. Um, yeah, so now that hiring.
0: You can, you can uh, see if your machine will be able to run Crisis Four now. You know, it's nice <laughs> to have a new benchmark game. Can
1: the cloud run uh, <laughs> Crisis Four? And and um, respawn is making all the Star Wars is so yeah. many Star Wars is. So we have Crytek, uh, it's coming. You know, like hey, crisis, <laughs> crisis for or cri- a crisis game, a new crisis game. I don't think they said crisis four is in development. And then respawn is doing a uh, Jedi Fallen Order two, a third person or a shooter, and then a tactical game. If only a guest that was on the show recently could have told us all about these things we got to scoops <laughs> we got to have them scoop. I
0: believe specifically could not um, but i you know it's not <laughs> it's not re, right, response i'm sure didn't even want to do this but my understanding is uh, if you do star wars they have to be trilogies <laughs> you, ha- you have to do three games. That's the rule. I, my understanding is... Uh, well, only then they comes get canceled
1: later like Ryan's and, uh, you know, they <laughs> get announced and never released. <laughs>
0: um,
1: but no, yeah, this
0: is uh, interesting. Um, Vince Pella is, is kind of heading up uh, in a sort of macro sense all of these initiatives, even though Respawn isn't specifically doing all of these games. Um, there is a sort of a... Uh, uh, an offshoot um uh, a veteran of fraxis and 2 k uh is doing the star wars strategy game um and is collaborating between respawn and bit reactor which is uh the the studio that will actually be uh, making the strategy game um and uh you know the i i'm excited about this christian you brought it up you were you're you know you're interested in it do you think this is too much Star Wars from the same studio to think this waters it down. I mean, I like the fact that there are three different genres here they're talking about. It's not just like we're making Jedi Fallen Order. Also, you know, the, the Boba Fett Fallen Order game and also the Chewbacca Fallen Order. Game. You know, it's not, it's not like we're just like pummeling the same thing over and over again. It's, it's, it feels like, oh, it's different versions, different takes on the universe. But what's your feeling about it, Christian?
1: Yeah. I mean, well, y- it is funny, but then I I, I recall looking at that revealed thirteen thirteen uh, Boba Fett footage this past week, and I was like, oh, maybe I do want a Boba Fett Fallen Order. You I kid, want that Jeff. Game so bad, I want it. I that mean, looks so good. yeah, yes, that looks, but, so, that looks so yeah,
0: good. Rob, you in particular <laughs> had to look at that and be like, it's 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 literally if Nathan Drake was wearing a Boba Fett costume, I, I right? I saw behind
2: the scenes like at E3 a million years ago. I saw a behind the scenes demo of that game, and it is it was. Uncharted Star Wars and oh, I wanted so badly. <laughs> so yes, Jeff,
1: I, I am a little bummed that it's different, John. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I I love Star Wars, and sincerely, I kind of love that there is so much Star Wars now that I don't have to like all Star Wars. Like, there's, I love High Republic um other parts of star wars not for me and that's okay if you had told
0: if you had told 12 year old me 13 year old me that there would be a high production gorgeous boba fett tv show and i somehow wouldn't have had the time to watch it yet
1: (laughs) i would not have believed you you know yes i've watched the first two i i liked it but I'm uh, part I'm literally at the point where I'm, I'm like,
0: eh, Boba Fett show. Eh, yeah, I got other stuff to watch.
1: Yeah, <laughs> o- Ozark. Crazy to me. Ozark quickly jumped to the top of my pile, and I, yeah. I, I like, I legit like that though because now the thing being Star Wars isn't enough. And mm. I like that my th- my genre fandom, it needs to be more than just, oh, Rob has a Wolverine shirt on, I have a Cyclops shop shirt on, we will be best friends forever. <laughs> or you'll, or you'll be fighting like... over the
0: same girl, redheaded girl. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, my game of the year is a redheaded girl for a reason. <laughs> but I, I like it, and I'm very excited for these genres. I'm glad that one of them is a continuation of Fallen Order. I l- really liked Fallen Order and then I'm excited to see what they can do with that for axis. You know, we're getting a marvel for axis, actual for axis and now we're getting a Star Wars uh former for Axis. <laughs> I think that yeah. sounds good. Uh Rob, I kind of uh, you know, I I liked
0: Jedi Fallen Order and I love Respawn. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the Titanfall games. I think you are too. Um I I looked at that first Jedi Fallen Order game, and as much as I liked it, I went, this feels like the Assassin's Creed to Assassin's Creed 2 potential, where, like, the second game feels like it has the ability to really galvanize everything and, and be the game we all wanted that first one to really be. Do you think that that's a possibility here? I think second games always have that possibility.
2: You could also draw the comparison with Uncharted 1 and and 2. Uh, I think Respawn is full of incredibly talented folks. And similarly, like, I liked Fallen Order. It was not my favorite Star Wars game, but I, I absolutely think you're correct in your assessment of the second game allows them to iterate a lot of the systems they were building and solidify and toss out things that maybe didn't work um, so I, I think there's a lot yeah I think there's a lot of <laughs> um, great potential to have that be something that is is really really great I am very curious about an Xcom style Star Wars game that sounds awesome yeah. hopefully that's what they mean when they say strategy um, I'm much less interested in 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 something uh, more akin to like a blizzard uh, or command and conquer but the the foraxis style Xcom games I, that sounds awesome
0: yeah the and uh, also a first person shooter right so are we getting like a what Battle was the Front first three oh Battle you Front. think it's battlefront 3 or it could be like a or, um could it be dark forces please dark forces <laughs> yeah or Can what was the, that what was the other one there was another first person shooter one what was it called um
1: oh republic commando republic commando yeah 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 that was republic a good game commando i like that game it's
2: a good game i am curious though if this first person shooter is not on vr
0: based possibly. Oh, do not tease me <laughs> they have
2: awesome. a vr team there They have a vr team just yeah. finished up the
0: um metal of honor yeah metal of honor yeah which um not that great they're, game,
2: but. they're not busy at the moment
0: maybe Dude, i don't know that would be so epic a star wars VR. i mean sign me up to that uh, that would be incredible. But I feel there like some amazing proof of concepts with like the
2: Vader immortal stuff. It's not quite for yeah. shooter, but like taken to the extent of like Half Life Alex. That's uh, uh, yeah. I want it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, put that on PSVR two. Let it. Yeah. All right, that's what I'm officially dreaming this to be. I'm yeah, gonna. i sorry is if it
1: buttering. doesn't come true, everybody, but that's where my brain went immediately. <laughs> Rob's just buttering up Jeff at this point. Now it's <laughs> gonna... working.
0: <laughs> I'm into it, uh well, we shall see i mean it'll be interesting to see if we get an a, an official announcement of um jedi fa- fallen order two because <clears throat> i think um it's already been hinted at I don't know if it was official uh that uh the they, like, defa- said
2: they were making it, but it was yeah like, it was like a weird announcement i remember,
0: yeah, I had like yeah. a, the like a pre e three reveal um that they just sort of said it was happening, but we haven't seen any. Footage or anything, and I think, so hopefully I think maybe this could. year we'll we'll see. Yeah. I feel like it's probably not going to be a this year game, but maybe we'll see some sort of official announcement of it or announcement of like you know trailer or something. Uh, I'm excited. I love respawn. I, I also hope you know with all these Star Wars happening. I just want a little more Titanfall. Just a little more, just a teasy
1: bit more for Titanfall, please. It is the core DNA of everything they do, Jeff. So you always get Titanfall. And everything yeah. they do, you get more Titanfall. Oh, Titanfall. Titanfall 3
2: become the Half-Life 3 for Respawn. I'm I not. Really yeah, not.
1: they're like game that never
0: happens. We're that working on it. For. We promise. When's it
2: happening? These yeah. things take time.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's it's Half-Life 3 if only, like, six people really wanted Half-Life 3. <laughs> <laughs> no, come on. Typeball 2 was awesome. It was. It just didn't sell very well, you know? It came out, remember, it came out between, like, it came out the week between two massive shooters and just yeah. didn't, didn't do very well. Anyway. All right. Uh, my story of the week uh, is uh, this new Bloomberg report which follows up on on stuff we were speculating about. Everybody's been speculating about uh, ever since the uh, Microsoft Activision Blizzard bombshell happened uh, a little more than a week ago. Um, And that is that uh, evidently there is a contract in place, at least according to this report that Bloomberg uh, seems to think they've seen, um, where at least, quote unquote, at least the next three Call of Duty games will be coming to PlayStation. Um and that Microsoft will honor that. Uh that this is a, a an inked contract, a lot like the Deathloop Arcane inked contract. Uh that means that it you know Deathloop was a PlayStation exclusive, um timed exclusive. And Microsoft honored that even though they purchased Bethesda. And so this is supposedly they go into detail to say that this likely means that PS5 and probably PS4 versions of the next three Call of Duty games, which have already been in the works. Uh, Evidently, a new Modern Warfare game from Infinity Ward that's set to launch in 2022, followed by a Treyarch-developed 2023 Call of Duty game, and then uh, Warzone 2 for 2024. Um, So... That is what is speculated as being the next the roadmap for the next Call of Duty games. We already heard some news that maybe there would be a pullback from the yearly Call of Duty release. But according to this report, not so much. Either way, those games uh, seem like at least over the next three years will be coming on to Sony platforms. So, Rob, uh, you know. There was a lot of speculation about that, about how important Call of Duty is to this deal with Microsoft purchasing um, uh, uh, Activision Blizzard. What do you make of that? I mean, it seems in line with the statements that Microsoft made publicly about wanting to keep it on PlayStation. But do you think it's good for the industry? Do you think it's good for Microsoft? What do you make of these three years of Call of Duty games?
2: Well, at least two of those years are before there's an official purchase, <laughs> Probably, which is interesting. True, yeah. So I, does that three years start after?
0: That's a good question.
2: Um, I'm not sure exactly. That might mean five Call of Duty games. If it's only three, I mean, it seems kind of like a no duh. It seems like, yeah, of yes. course. Microsoft wants to make lots of money on a multi-platform game. They've already done it with Minecraft. Um, it just... They'd be shooting themselves in their own foot, taking away sales that they just get for free on a competitor's platform. It's it seems to make sense from a business standpoint to continue to do that, uh, especially Warzone, Warzone 2, ongoing games like that. That's you're you're really just handicapping yourself like for no reason, uh, really. So it, it makes a lot of sense, but at the same time, I mean, it's a competitive advantage at a certain point. So well, you wonder when that that outweighs um you know the whatever monetary advantage of being on all platforms. However, like,
0: I, I don't, like, does Microsoft care about selling boxes? I don't know. Well, I mean, look at it this way. I mean, even if, you, if you've if you got, well, okay, we're going to put these out for the next three years on Sony consoles, and it's $70 on the Sony console, or, 10, or $9.99 a month on Game Pass. You get all the Call of Duties you could want. Uh, you know, I... I I feel like that's still a pretty big competitive advantage. If you're saying day and date new Call of Duty on Game Pass, yeah, sure, no, it's still on PlayStation. Go and pay $70 for it or get it as part of the subscription that also gets you Halo and Forza and yada, 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 yada. I mean, oh no! I mean, the
2: value proposition for Game Pass is sort of undeniable, but I also wonder, like, can you keep it at ten dollars
0: a month? <laughs> this is Christian's prediction. Is saying it's going up? I don't
2: know. Uh, that's that's too much value <laughs> at a certain point. <laughs> too, and too if, if Netflix I need to give you is more any money. indication, much value. If Netflix is any indication, like people will just tolerate like forever price hikes. Apparently, I haven't seen like a mass exodus of people like with Netflix oh, and yet they keep yeah. raising the
0: prices. No, that's the problem. I, I got I got that email from Netflix saying hey your price is going up again. And I'm like, yeah, I, nothing I can do about that. I mean, what do you, you I am I am hooked.
1: I can't not have Netflix.
0: It's uh it's I mean, bad.
1: If climate change is anything to talk about, to be just keep tolerating rising temperatures too, or is the frog in the boiling water and it keeps yeah. going up and we're like, we're hooked. We can't we can't do anything about it. Um, my favorite, I think, comment on this uh I think it was Wombat. I do something about
0: climate change but I got to watch those Squid Games.
1: Sorry Christian. I, I think it was Wombat on on the GB Gamer podcast said, uh when this news came out. He said something like uh confirmed the next 3 Call of Duty games are going to be uh live on tour games, you know like- <laughs> When bands try to break, like we have to do five more albums, and it's like night one at the arena live, and <laughs> just shovel out the greatest hits, Call of Duty greatest hits, number oh, yeah.
0: one. That was <laughs> like when when Prince wanted to get out of his contract at Warner Brothers, and they're like, "We yeah. need three more albums." He's like, "Yeah, well, I got this stuff in my trunk that I haven't put on any other albums." Here's <laughs> it was, it was the
1: triple album. Kiss yeah. my butt, we're done. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think it'd be uh, super funny if they just did like a Call of Duty greatest hit and it's like one level from Modern Warfare, one level from two. <laughs> I, again, a joke, but that was very funny. I am curious. I think Rob brought up the, a, a really good point. Like, a lot of this happens before Microsoft is running the show. And then, two, the whole idea of like, we'll be honoring those contracts yeah that's what contracts are like it's not <laughs> yeah yeah. You're, saying, you're, you're
0: so magnanimous of you to honor the contract it's like you yeah, no, will that's... not
1: be being sued for <laughs> billions of dollars for breaching a legal document
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not volunteering for a lawsuit for the next 10 years yet. <laughs> yeah
0: you <laughs> will also be following laws uh, <laughs> i mean so, not. i guess but that's uh, yeah account. i'm curious
1: i'm 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 curious what happens when Microsoft is there, you know, when when Big Daddy Microsoft is running the show. I think Warzone 2 is probably the one that keeps going and then everything else, I don't know. Yeah,
0: but it's clear that this is, you know, years away from really having an impact. You know, it feels like this, you know, massive megaton, which it is. It isn't not a megaton, but, you know, uh, these things take so long to... To really have a huge impact, um, I think we kind of saw that with Bethesda as well. Although you know, Starfield it looks like is going to be an exclusive, so that's not nothing. I'm sure it wasn't going to be before. So uh, we shall see as this uh, story continues. Ah, so much, so much fallout from that from that
1: acquisition. All right, the Bethesda one. Yeah, they make fallout. So much fallout. Not as much as we used to have. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 76. 76
1: is still going and getting better yeah. and getting better.
0: All right. Uh, let me uh, take a second and thank our sponsor, which is Shopify. Shopify is what we use over on my show, the dungeon run to uh, sell all of our merch. And it is, uh, I got to say it, makes it uh, a lot easier, a lot more efficient. It is our go-to choice because Shopify is more than a store. You can connect with your customers, you can drive sales and manage your day-to-day all with Shopify. It gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business so that upstarts like me and my little uh, Dungeons & Dragons show that could, uh, startups, established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. You can also synchronize your online and in person sales. Gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is possibility. Powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash DLC, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash DLC right now. Shopify.com slash DLC. That's S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash D-L-C. All right, it's time to talk about the games that we have been playing. Rob, what is on your playlist?
2: Uh, two things that have been dominating most of my time. One is Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker, which... It's the latest expansion for the uh, award-winning MMO that used to have a free trial that I don't think they've reinstated quite yet. Uh, yeah, it's
0: been selling too well; they had to
2: stop letting people try it because it's like it's
0: overwhelming. Server congestion
2: was real. It was that was the first boss you had to defeat every time you wanted to play. It was waiting <laughs> uh, a couple hours in the in the queue. Um, so I came to Final Fantasy XIV very late, and it was due to friend of the show Frank Barberi, uh sort of like. an reconnecting and finding a way for us to hang out that that became our hangout game got to meet an amazing group of folks to play with and i didn't love like the beginning of the game but once you get to those later expansions in terms of like final fantasy stories it's maybe one of the best final fantasy stories wildly um like multiple tiers points like especially endwalker uh i just recently beat it and and now i'm working on raid content and and Uh, We're supposed to uh, do a raid later today. Maybe we'll see. Uh, It's just been, it's like kind of rekindled my love for MMOs. Like I was a big WoW player from the early days and then fell off dramatically once work just got too crazy to accommodate that sort of gaming. Um, But recently the pandemic sort of opened up the forbidden door to go back. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, And it's been really amazing. The last two expansions in particular have been just, really great. I really like the systems. I really like that. You can kind of have all the classes attached to one character. Um, Playing with friends is like a big bonus to keep me invested. I don't know if I'd be playing it by myself. Mm. Um, I don't know if that's more the game or me. I think that's more of a me thing, but in general, like I really enjoy it. I play it almost every night. Um, Wow. Yeah. And it's just, it's really dominated a ton of my time. Um, I don't know. Have you, have you jumped into Final Fantasy 14 at all, Jeff?
0: I played Final Fantasy 14, whatever year ago that was that it first came out. And, but, you know, before it was reinvented and became amazing and everyone talked about how great it was. And I put a lot of hours into it initially and, you know, thought it was okay. Thought it was solid. Um, but I have never returned to it despite the fact that you and so many other people have come on this show and sung its praises. People are, you know, people love that game, and it, clearly, it's it's been shown. You know, the, the the user base has exploded. It really has become the new, uh, the new. I think MMO to to rule them all. Um, especially with you know with all the stuff that happened with Blizzard, it just felt like you know Wo- WoW declined, and it led to Final Fantasy fourteen being the do- more dominant in the space like all the all the uh streamers switched over it just feels like the game now yeah uh, but i haven't revisited it i think it's worth it if you yeah. can make time for it i'll play with you you can come play with us oh, You will, you will enjoy it i'm sure i bet i would i so how does it work do you do you have to like play through all the old content to get to endwalker or are you able to sort of start at endwalker how does that work
2: so kind of awesomely, like they sell skips, so you can mm. story skip your way all the way through to whatever expansion you want to start at. I highly suggest at least starting at Heaven Sword. Mm. um, and then Stormblood and then um, Shadowbringers and Endwalker, like because the story starts getting incredible at that point, like a Realm Reborn, which is sort of like the 2.0 of Final yeah. Fantasy 14 is OK. It's sort of trite. It's not my favorite part, but um, I just watched an explainer for that part. I'll admit it, and I skipped (laughs) all the cutscenes up until Heaven's Ward, and then started actually paying attention to the story. And I mean, by the time Walker came out, I'm in and I'm crying about characters and things. Like it, it really got its hooks into me in a way that I. It's it's been a long time for uh, an MMO and uh, really an RPG at all to 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 suck me in that way.
0: Were you? I I don't know if I ever knew this about you. Were you? Were you like a Final Fantasy guy? Were you? Were you into it uh, in, in the old days? When I was a
2: kid, yeah. I mean, yeah. one of the first games I played was Final Fantasy on NES. And yeah. then early SNES um, up until I kind of dropped out of it for a bit. And then Final Fantasy Seven, it's like full in back and played everything up until like maybe 10. And then I was in college and there were more important things uh, than yeah. big long <laughs> JRPGs to play. But uh, yeah, no, I, I have a long history with, with Final Fantasy in general. And yeah. Amano's art was always very evocative and,
0: Something so I do really, you, do you think that contributes to your uh, affection for the storytelling or do you think that anybody would think they're great stories? Cause I mean, I, I'll be honest and it, you know, it's not something that it's something I'd feel a little embarrassed about, honestly, cause it feels like a hole in my geekdom, but I'm just not a huge anime guy. I'm not a huge final fantasy guy. I played, a, I mean, I played almost all of them, but it was. I was always more like the Western RPGs were my jam. You know, Dungeons and Dragons and that sort of like Tolkien esque fantasy was much more where my headspace was. So, mm-hmm. I, do you think that I would still be as drawn into the storytelling? I do because it's really well written. Mm-hmm. Like it's like
2: there is there is a lot about it that is silly in an, in a Japanese role playing game way. <clears throat> That grew on me like I first started out, I was like, I don't know about this. Like, I just was like, I, this is not the humor that I'm into right now, but like the really dramatic parts are very well done. And, you know, it's, it's sort of silly to say, but like, once you spend 400 hours in a game, <laughs> yeah. like all of a sudden you really care about the characters and yeah. Um, the voice acting is really well done. Whether you listen in Japanese or in English, like I thought, the voice acting was was great. Post, um, like AR was okay, but it got incredible um, towards the end. And I think the story is is one of the best Final Fantasy stories. Um, and I think it hits very poignant parts. Uh, especially Endwalker. There's a lot there that is like very poignant in our contemporary time. Uh, just in terms of the message that it's sending. So. Yeah,
0: I can't sing its praises enough. It really I, just... Yeah, I gotta give it I sh- I gotta give it a shot again. I I was reading that. Um, I think it was. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was the the game director uh, said that he wants to continue working on Final S- Fantasy XIV for the next 15 years. Uh, yeah, just really yeah.
2: Cool. Yoshi P. Yeah. <laughs> um. He basically, Endwalker is the end of like the big arc of hmm. the story, and now we'll see with the patches post-release they add more story as as time goes on like kind of where things are going to go i'm really curious because it kind of had a pretty final ending um wow. but you know i'm i have faith because they've they've done so
0: well awesome that's final fantasy 14 Endwalker. Uh, well, what curious, else is on your oh, playlist real
1: quick though real quick uh, I'm, I'm curious how it works rob like uh, do you just put on like your family calendar like work meeting um <laughs> you know like uh, podcast recording. Like, I'm just curious, like logistically how you, <laughs> is it, is it, it a it, late night, a late night thing? Cause like, I know Frank's very busy. Uh, and it's like, just, is it burning the candle on both ends? Like wh- where does this slot into life or does it, you're not watching TV at all? You know, like this is the thing.
2: I watch a heck of a lot less TV than I once did. I make time for certain things like Mandalorian and both but in general, uh this sort of is my evening activity um but you know we change it up every once in a while we'll play a little overwatch to start and then we'll switch back over to final fantasy but like i said it's, it's the hangout game and like really during the pandemic like it was the best way to connect with people that i care about and it's really become a, a warm and fuzzy place to go every evening or almost every evening uh and so i make time for it
0: awesome that's awesome we got to figure out how to do that, Christian. You know, like make time for other humans. I got to figure that I mean, for, out. It's, be, I mean, it's important. Do it, please. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, Rob and I to pull back the curtain a little bit. I think some Frank has maybe been on some of these too. Like Fortnite's been mine. Fortnite's been my pandemic golf game, and I'll always be like. Rob, you want to, and he'll be like, you want to final fan? And I'm like, oh, that's so many hours. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> that's where you are in Fortnite. And I'm like, yeah, fair, fair enough. <laughs> so you got to get everybody on the, if only there was like a metaverse where we could live. <laughs> how how many times has Fortnite made you cry, Christian? I mean. Every loss. A couple tears, yeah tears like, of frustration I'm trying, count? I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think. There's been a few. I'm not going to lie. There's been a few. <laughs>
0: All right. What else is on your playlist, Rob? Uh, Bloodborne.
2: So I Hmm. am not a Soulsborne guy. I tried at numerous points to get in and, and understand why people love those games. I I bounce off of them so hard, all dark souls, demon souls. I've tried. I can't, Um, but I'm really curious about Elden ring. It looks (laughs) like I'm, I want to play it, but I also know that I need some, like, primer to, like, understand the, the mechanics of these style of games, and um, everyone pointed me to Bloodborne and was like, no, this, this you will be able to get, and plus uh, aesthetically, it's, like, right up my alley of things that I like, like gothic horror, so um, I gave it a shot, I find it still super frustrating, but I've gotten... Not super far, but I've I've put in a bunch of hours, and I actually streamed it a little bit just to experiment in that world. Um, And I found a little bit of the fun, just like just (laughs) enough to keep me wanting to play it. Enough to say that I you know hopefully beat it, but at least uh, enough to say that I I've played it thoroughly enough
0: to understand
2: why I maybe don't like it or, or fun and really like
0: it. Do you think that it's, has that experience made you less excited for Elden ring or are you still thinking that it'll it'll be your jam? Um, it hasn't made me
2: less excited because I've been successful at, at being able to beat some of these bosses and get through Mm -hmm. areas like unscathed. Like I've found that like grindy improving of one's skills to get through the game in a more effective way. Um, I understand it right. As like, mechanically it makes sense to me um and and like the fiction of bloodborne is interesting to me enough to like keep going the the other Soulsborne games like the the dark souls games for whatever reason i the, even the fiction of it wasn't wasn't quite there but like George r. r martin elden ring everything i heard about it and then recently there was an article that was like the producers like more people will finish the game which that combined with my efforts in bloodborne has made me a little bit more, more
0: excited for elden ring so mm. yeah all right well i'm i'm still uh you know elden ring is coming out when a billion d things are coming out you know and it just feels like well if i don't have to talk myself into getting excited about this one it's probably for the best because i got other stuff right in february that's going to like be knocking my socks off or at least demanding my time so uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll call you and say, did it work? Are you loving it? <laughs> <laughs> I will I will give you the full report. <laughs> All right, Christian Spicer. Yeah, I, I was going to say what's on your playlist, but I, let's start with uh, Uncharted because uh, Rob's here. Uh, he worked on these games, Legacy of Thieves Collection. Uh, you and I have had for a little while. We got an early copy uh, from Sony. Very happy to uh, get an early look at, at the new collection of games that we both love, uh, you know, have loved since they came out, uh, are playable on PlayStation 5, but now an official PlayStation 5 release in a collection. Uh, first of all, we should both say, sound design unmatched in these games
1: just oh, garbage it's so it's just like I, it's like taking off my i play with just tinny little computer speakers because otherwise i can't manage it you know it's just <laughs> throw them on the ground so rob has mad. left the podcast <laughs> uh
0: anyway you know christian i know these are some of your favorite games uh specifically the um uh the uh the latter of the two um lost legacy is, lost legacy thank you left my head uh i know that's one is is is, is i think your favorite of all of the uncharted games yes
1: yeah, Lost Legacy is, and I said this on the show whenever years ago it was, when it first came out, it is my favorite Uncharted game ever made. But what I said then, I'll say again now, please know it only exists on the backs of the other Uncharted games. Um, I'm curious for someone who had hasn't played any of the others, I don't know if it will quite hit as hard because um, knowing Chloe and Nadine individually and having your adventures with them and then having them be together um, and know Nate. And then also it's paced. It's about as long as uncharted one and it's paced so incredibly well. And you get to have all of these bombastic set pieces that again, I feel like learned from all of the others. And some were like, Hey, we just did this really cool thing on uncharted four how do we, this is Spinal Tap this moment and turn it to 11? And it's like, yeah, they did. They they turned it to 11. And it's interesting to revisit Lost Legacy now also post um, Last of Us 2, because I feel like you can see the seeds of Seattle in the side quests of lost legacy where you have the Jeep and you're there and you get to go do these missions and it's like branching it's open, but not an open world game. And so it's really interesting to go back and revisit the game, you know, post naughty dogs last big game. And it it makes me appreciate what they did in, in Tilo two more, but also really kind of respect the legwork that went into making that moment in uncharted it is lost legacy is one of the best action adventure games ever made like hands down top to bottom the pacing the writing uh yes the sound design <laughs> i mean it, it and what we should talk about jeff is that what this collection is is besides bundling these two games um is uh allowing them to be playable at 60 frames. There's fidelity, which is 4K30. There's performance, which is 1440 and 60 frames per second. And then there's performance plus, which is 1080 and targeting 120 frames per second. And then also- which Most bringing to TVs
0: the, can't even do, but yes.
1: If you have like an LG, like one of the new LG OLEDs, you need HDMI 2.1. Yeah, um, that's the tricky um, to, part. To do that yeah or a monitor with that and then it also has haptic feedback 3d audio and not new to the games i don't think but new to me when i played them is hdr like i didn't have an hdr tv or monitor last time i played these games yeah. i remember no, they had that on like, ps4 though yes yeah but i remember texting you like hdr these is amazing and you're like they had that and i was like oh yeah but i didn't <laughs> <laughs> and then it's a 10 dollar upgrade if you had either uncharted 4 or lost legacy before or otherwise it's an air quote, you know, whatever, $50 um, release. I can say hands down that these are the best version of two of the best action adventure games of all time. Like Uncharted 4, I think is my third favorite Uncharted, to go Lost Legacy 2, Uncharted 4. And that's mostly because I don't love... The introduction of Sam, and I don't love the beginning of that game where like you have all your powers uh, and you can like do everything as a as a, as a wee lad. Um, yeah, but I think
0: it has the best pure action sequence of the entire series.
1: Oh, the back two third. I mean, it's just the front third of that game that makes yeah. me go. Oh, no, Uncharted Two is a little better, but the the two back two thirds of that game and the back third especially is just phenomenal. um And until the PC versions come out, which I have, I'm hoping are as Good as God of War and some of the others we've seen. This is hands down the best version of these games. They look and run great, playing at 120 frames per second. It's just like, oh my gosh, that's how these games are meant to be played. <laughs> it's so smooth and so good. And like aiming feels easier, navigation feels easier, traversal feels better. Um, and then also playing at, at 60 as well. Like you, it's a noticeable, appreciable difference, um, that just makes an already fantastic game hum along even better. The only knit I have for these games, Jeff, and I'm curious to get your take. The only knit I have for these games are other publishers and developers doing this for free. <laughs> and that's, that's the only yeah. hard part about otherwise it's a full throat recommendation,
0: well, but yeah, and the fact that you can get Uncharted 4 as part of the like PS4 Classics pack on PS5, which is still great. Which is I, I mean, it's yeah. And and I think that like Lost Legacy, you know, is 20 bucks on PS4 and you can get it on sale for 10 sometimes. You know, it's it's hard to say, well, the $50 version is that much better than the again, I'm not going to disagree with anything you've said. These are phenomenal games, some of the best games I've ever played in my life as a gamer. Uh, Just essential experiences, I think, if you like action-adventure games at all, or video game storytelling. Uh, Gorgeous, and on PS5, they look better than they've ever been. But not that much better, right? They look amazing on PS4. (laughs) These are great-looking, great-sounding, great-playing games already, and it's not that much different. It's not, it really, there's not like a oh my God. I mean, yes, the frame rate is awesome to see, but I just, it's, it's hard to go. Yeah, well, this was needed. You know, this is, you had to have this. And if you've already played through these games, it's kind of hard to say you got to play through them again this way and not just like put the disc in your PS5 because it's going to look real good, you know, and your PS5 already. Um
1: so even know. with I... even with Sony like they gave a wonderful 60 frames patch for Ghost yeah, uh, and they did the the Island of Iki Iki expansion as well and but in Last of Us 2 they did a free 60 frames uh patch and then if you look at Microsoft with some of those you know the um, auto HDR and whatever the frame rate super whatever they call it super frame boost or whatever um and some of these things that that's the hard part but if you if you compare across other even in-house publishers and developers and then across to xbox it's like well i don't see the value in this but if you kind of think back to how i grew up playing video games you know like yeah it's an immense value these are two incredible games yeah well they're better than they've ever been oh well this is perfect
0: for folks that like for some reason sat out the PS4 generation and are jumping into the PS5 generation. But then you go like, well, no, for those folks, you want to buy the entire like greatest hits PS4 collection that Sony also offers on PS5. So it's like, and you get four for free, or at least you did when you got a PS5. It's like, it's so, uh, it's, it's just, I don't know who this is for in particular, you know? Um, that said, they're great. It's, it's great. It's just a, it's just a weird thing to talk about because yeah, these are the best versions of some of the best games ever. And that should be enough, but it kind of feels like, well, is it? And I just don't know where this product fits exactly.
1: Um, so because we're here and Rob's here, uh, I want to ask you a question. Uh, and it might be, you might just be like, no, there was no difference. Was sound <laughs> designed for open world moments, like in Lost legacy or in last of us two different or more difficult than the linear oh,
2: stuff, incredibly more difficult
1: because we had never <laughs> done anything like that. And the, and the way we
2: approach uh, sound for those games is like with hyper levels of detail, like we're trying to hit every nook and cranny and every possible thing that could have sound, should have sound, will have sound. And you blow that out to what we called hub levels like Seattle or, or Los legacy. Um, there's a lot more sound that is just out there waiting to play, which we didn't necessarily have a great way of of lotting and handling and having things load in and out. So we had to solve those problems and, yeah. um, you know, they're interesting problems to solve. And we obviously did eventually solve them, but uh, it was certainly a way different approach, um, but also a very challenging one to keep the level of fidelity that we expect uh, from those more linear sections and blow it out to the, the more open world stuff. Um it took a lot of man hours, especially uh in Los Legacy there are five hundred plus waterfalls Wow all have sound on them. <laughs> Neil, you could tell who worked on those did an amazing job. It was
0: uh an incredible amount of work just making waterfalls. I mean for you that heard game. one waterfall, you heard them all, right, Rob? I mean,
1: various sizes from a trickle to a big you know and i Uh, probably drove my jeep through them forward backward walked in them rolled in them splooshed in them shot through them Uh, (laughs) so wait so
0: if i'm just sort of parsing what you're saying and, and you know my my dumb never worked in sound design mind um so the idea is if if you're doing a linear level and you say okay well we've gone past this point we got to a checkpoint or whatever it is we can sort of remove from memory the sounds that we're no longer going to need and load in the new ones. But in an open world, everything has to be accessible all the time because you don't know which direction that Jeep is going to be driving. Is that right? You've, you've got to be
2: much more granular with the way you break things up um, because the smaller the chunks are, the faster they can load on the fly. And also mm. the fact that there's a Jeep makes it complicated because all of a sudden the player can move through the world very quickly. Wow, um, yeah. And sometimes our, our play testers, our amazing QA folks, would like outpace the loading. All of a sudden there'd be no sound. <laughs> wow. Um, which is a fun problem to fix, so yeah, it's there's there's um yeah break the sound no barrier issues.
0: in that jeep, <laughs> indeed
2: yeah for sure. Um, I do want to speak a little bit to like the the why though, because a, a component that no one really probably talks about or really understands about these games is the immense exercise that it is for the developer working on it because we hadn't made a PS five a PS five game yet in you Dog, so converting the engine over so that it runs the way it's supposed to um, is not an insignificant feat. Hmm. Um, and then also adding like a completely brand new from scratch uh, haptic engine that, you know, right. also is a part of these games, getting the rendering of snuff, like these are not insignificant tasks like adding a, a essentially a patch that unlocks the frame rate or limits the frame rate at a different level is less. an issue most of the time um that's why you get those like relatively easily but to create like a 1080p 120 hertz mode like that's not an insignificant task for Mm. the graphics engineers and the other programmers like that's literally that's that's a lot of work to to get that to happen and um likewise for 3d audio and all that stuff like Switching the audio engine over from what the audio engine was on PS4 versus PS5, they're two completely different things and they are not compatible with each other. So a ton of time was spent just porting it over to get it to work at all. So got to try to recoup that stuff somewhere. So it makes sense uh, for for $10 for an upgrade. I think to get the best version of the thing, I think it's fairly reasonable. Oh, you're right. Um, And for the folks, there are apps, I guarantee you, there are absolutely folks that did sit out the PS4 generation who are going to see that for 50 bucks and go, "Hell yeah, I want that." And they will pop it in and they will have an awesome time and whether or not they have the context from 1 2 and 3 is they, those games do stand on their own if you I play agree. them. They're yeah. they are benefited from knowing the the previous knowledge, no doubt. But I think if you started at Lost Legacy and then went backwards, like you'd be in great shape. Like that's a great entry point. It's a good it's a it's an amazing game. Uh it's also relatively short um, and it introduces you to these characters that then you can sort of like Tarantino and see like how they got to where they are, um, which I think is kind of an interesting way to experience. So it's like, what's the machete cut for Uncharted? How do you stitch
0: it all back <laughs> together? Go, yeah. Take the like I mean, the young Drake scene from Uncharted Four, and then you go to the yeah.
1: <laughs> all yeah. I heard is that Factions 2 or whatever it is is gonna have 120 frames per second mode, and that's why this was released. So that's all I heard from that, <laughs> and I'm very excited. I can't wait to play I mean, I love the
0: <laughs> insight on that. I, I I I'm so glad to have you here to to bring us that insight. But I also love I what I heard from <laughs> Christian is there's somebody whose job it is to like play through these games and decide how the haptic feedback should happen in every moment. A game that's already done to go back and go, okay, how are we going to add haptic feedback with these new controllers? I think that what a fascinating endeavor that must be,
1: you know? And it's good. The haptics are good. Yeah. uh, We mentioned the Jeep driving the Jeep with haptics. Yeah. It's pretty cool.
0: Real nice. You feel every, uh, every divot, every muddy puddle, you know, pretty cool anyway so that is uncharted the legacy of thieves collection christian spicer what else is on your playlist
1: the other the other biggie and it's pokemon legends archaeus which uh just came out this past week this week as we're recording it is the new uh, pokemon game the you know breath of the pokemon as it was uh discussed uh upon reveal um I am, I would guess, about a quarter of the way, air quote, through this game. Not a Pokemon, like catch them all. How do you parse being through with a Pokemon game? But it feels like in terms of hours I put in, I would guess I'm about that quarter of the way through. Um, it is so dang fun to be playing a new fresh pokemon game i love pokemon games uh my daughter is currently going through uh uh Turles an evolution right from <laughs> squiggly puff to uh <laughs> sorry <laughs> uh yes also that uh from uh a uh, kid who listened to me to eye roll kid um, as our <laughs> evolution, <laughs> but just playing the Pearl remake right now. And we did sword and, and I, I I have an affinity for the franchise, but they're very much, they've all been Mots games, right? Like more of the same slight tweak here, but you, you have your Pokemon, you go into the gym and then sword and shield was like, kind of like Uncharted uh, Lost Legacy. It's like, ooh, there's an open world segment here, the the wildlands or whatever. And the way Arceus kind of builds out of that concept is really fascinating. It is not a true open world. It is still, well, from what I've played, um, still hub world loads where you have you know, kind of your home village. And then when you leave the village, like, where are you going? And you say like, I'm going to this area. And you're like, okay. And then there's a load screen and you're in a now big kind of a hub, open world, area where you can go and explore. And that's fascinating, right? Just that difference of gameplay mechanics in a franchise that sells gangbusters every time and hasn't used them before. Like it part of Pokemon's kind of DNA has been no right thumbstick <laughs> you know like that's just not how you navigate the world you don't navigate freely navigate the camera you haven't needed to you you just don't do that and then the another really big change to this is how catching in combat is performed so all of the pokemon that are in the world are visible in the world there are no random encounters that happen you know when you're in the grass or kind of that rpg mechanic of you know you're walking and then, and then now you're in a battle you can you see them it's kind of like pokemon snap in that regard right like they're out milling around kind of being like animals in an animal park or in the wild and so from that you can choose how you engage with these pokemon you can just try to catch there's a little hud icon telling you like kind of how easy it would be to catch or maybe it's too hard you won't be able to catch it so don't bother um but you can throw a pokeball and try to just catch you can just throw out one of your pokemon to go into a battle uh you might have to sneak up on it because if it sees you it will run away. Some if they see you immediately attack you, like you, the trainer, have a health where you can be knocked out and have to reset, not just your Pokemon, which again is fundamentally different for what these games have been before. And so like you as your trainer have to dodge roll out of the way and then manage throwing in like a berry to distract and then you know throw your Pokemon out to get and now engage in a battle. And so there's new layers of strategy in the mechanics of Pokemon encounters that are so fresh for the franchise that make the battles feel really engaging. Even the simple act of right trigger is how you throw, and left trigger kind of gives you an auto lock, and then right trigger is a throw – but you maintain control of your trainer that whole time, so you're kind of moving around 3D space, and you can strafe around a Pokemon, and you know, right trigger throw to then attack from the back to hopefully get a surprise buff on your on your throw, so your Pokemon comes out and has can go first. Um, it's really, really fascinating, and it's stuff that other RPGs have certainly done in the past. Um, but seeing these ideas in a Pokemon game, I think need to be applauded to take that risk and do something different and bring changes to the battle. It's really fun to be in a fight and switch from, you know, throwing an item to distract and then you've weakened the Pokemon enough. So then you switch, you press X to switch from your active Pokemon to a Pokeball and then to throw you hit right trigger. So there's just this nice little change of the actual tactile things you're doing that make fights feel more engaging, even though they still are, turn based for all intents and purposes just the different fingers you use on the controller to do the acts that used to all be kind of menu static menu based like pull up item switch to item push a to throw item switch to item switch to pokeball push a to throw pokeball changing that up makes these encounters really fun um and it's awesome and then another really big thing about it is that you are kind of creating the very first Pokedex. And so while Pokemon games have always had their this grind. this is a
0: prequel, right? That's why?
1: This is a prequel. Yeah. Um, very, very first opening cutscene. Literally very first thing that I did not know. You are a modern day kid who gets sucked through a warp hole and lands in ancient time. Like that's the, and you're like, how am I here? And they're like, who are you? What can you do? I, maybe that was in a marketing material. I don't consider it a spoiler because it's literally the thing that you can't play the game without seeing that. That's how it starts. That's the narrative hook, I guess, to bring you in. Um, and, and so you're constructing the very first Pokedex because of that. You're there to help them do this thing. And while all Pokemon games have been a grind, especially if you're trying to catch them all and like Rob and I need to trade and then, okay, Jeff has shield and I have sword, so we need to, you know, whatever. And only certain areas have certain Pokemon and only certain blah, 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 blah. But here in constructing this first Pokedex, it shows you what I would call like a WoW style grind. (laughs) It's like, catch one of these. Uh, Catch one Pikachu. And then next to that, it's like catch five, catch 10, catch 15, catch 25, catch 50, battle one Pikachu, battle five, battle 10, battle 15. Battle. These are all little things that you check off on your checklist to level up and get money and cash in. And some are specific where it's like have a whatever, you know, watch a Pokemon use rollout three times. So you need to be in a battle with a Pokemon who has rollout as one of their moves hope they use it on you and you can see all this stuff of this checklist that's very satisfying to check off even though I know what it is but it's just like what what scratch you know what scratcher am I going to play today like what yeah. what am I going to go do what is the quest I'm going to do how am I going to turn it in how am I going to level it up and it's really interesting to see pokemon kind of lean into that and also pull back the curtain on that grind in a big way and just be like we are going to straight up incentivize this. It's not dailies, but it kind of feels that way. <laughs> you know, like here are your dailies go do them. Here's your regions go do them. And it's really, really fun to see my problems with the game right now. And I, I don't think this changes, but because of the fundamental change of the way that you approach Pokemon in the game and explore this world, there aren't gyms, AKA dungeons, they just don't exist. And I really liked gyms. Gyms were, you know, the water temple. Like they were, they were dungeons for these games where some would have straight up puzzles that you had to solve to get to the final battle against the trainer as you worked through the stages of the gym. And this game doesn't seem from what I've read and what I've played, it doesn't seem to have any of that. And that kind of bums me out a little bit. And then the other stuff is that I think this is the first Nintendo game I've played in a very long time that is designed past the limitations of the system. Nintendo developers have always made magic with their dated hardware (laughs) in, in some ways. And this game, you know, you'll be high up and you'll see a Pokemon down low. And it literally looks like the Pokemon has like it's two frames of Anna. It's just like it's it looks like a flip book, and that's not how that Pokemon moves. It just can't load better. There are ample load. Like you're in a you're in the main building to walk into the building from the hub village, which had to load to then go into the building. There's a load to go and talk to the professor's room. There's a load to come out. There's a load. It's just like bouncing back from uh, Uncharted on PS5, which we should, I should say there, there are no loads like screen fades to black screen fades up (laughs) and like playing these two games in tandem. I'm just like, Oh God, I'm checking my phone (laughs) during region loads that are frequent, uh, can be frequent in Pokemon. And then the interiors of buildings, look how I remember n 64 games looking, (laughs) I know it's not true, you know, like it clearly is better, but like, oof, (laughs) it's hard. It's outside. I think is really pretty simplistic, but pretty like there's clearly one tree that's everywhere. Um, but you go into some of these areas and it's like the, the, this game needs better hardware to really make it shine. Mm. Um, So it's kind of a glass half full, glass half empty, but I love that they took a risk. And I love the new catch and battle mechanics, and I hope those stick around. And then I hope we get a Uncharted 2 off of this. I hope Pokemon Legends kind of becomes a franchise of its own, right? Like, and they keep working on this, and they don't go back and do uh, Pokemon Teak, (laughs) you know, or something. (laughs) Um, teak and hardwood (laughs) yeah teak and redwood as the as the next one but easy 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 to recommend especially if if you love um pokemon and then there's just just enough kind of limitations of the hardware that make it not everything that it otherwise um could or would be all right well there you have it that's pokemon what arceus i can't I don't Legends pre- Arceus is how I say it. Arceus, <laughs> yeah. There's no voice acting. Like Arceus, interesting plot. Ar- Arceus, but it's all text, 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 text.
0: All right. Uh, you know, it's interesting reinventing a story franchise, and and sounds like you know giving it what a lot of people have been clamoring for for a long time, which is true open world, true, true, you know, adventure. Well, go.
1: It's true open hub world. It's not Breath yeah. of the Wild. It's, right. More open than it's ever been. That's for sure. Yeah.
0: All right. well, um, as far as my playlist goes, I'm playing literally three different things that I can't talk about yet, uh, which is frustrating, but I really want to. But um, I am playing something in VR that I want to talk about. So let's get to that real quick. Virtual
2: reality. VR. Virtual reality. Just VR.
0: A much-anticipated new VR MMO was just released on basically every headset available. Uh, It is called Zenith, The Last City. And uh, it's one I've had my eye on for quite a while. Uh, The coolest thing about this as an MMO product in particular is that it is going to be a living... um, uh, ongoing project that will be updated frequently but it's 30 bucks and that's it there's no extra fees there's no monthly subscription there's no in-game purchases although evidently those are coming uh and they will all be cosmetic as as reported they um have declared they will only be cosmetic but right now i mean it is a a a an mmo a full mmo legit mmo like every time i played it i was around a whole bunch of other people in the same shared universe and it's 30 bucks uh and i think you can even get it on sale for less uh as it as it just has released again it's called zenith the last city and it is a full uh mmo in a virtual world which means you are playing with motion controls you are um using motion controls there there are As it stands now, there are two classes with some subclasses, but there are two main classes, which is not a lot, but one is a spellcasting class and one is sort of a uh, melee uh, attack class, although you can also throw your sword. You're a dual-wielding sword blade master, and you can throw your sword. Um, I played most of my hours with the game so far as the spellcaster class, uh, which is cool. It has gesture-based spellcasting, which means you move your hand in a very specific pattern to create these spell effects. Um, and you've also got these little blasters. Uh, so it's very much a ranged uh, a ranged class. Um, but some of the coolest things about this game are that you can glide anywhere all the time and you can climb anything anywhere all the time. It's basically got Breath of the Wild style. You can climb anything as long as you've got the stamina to do it. And you have a little stamina bar that goes down as you're climbing. But climbing is, you know, um, the climb, VR controls, basically grab onto any surface, just you know, reach your hand out, hold the grip button on any surface and climb hand over hand, and you can climb things, any things. Uh, and so there's a lot of really cool hidden stuff, uh, places you'll get to zip lines where you just grab onto the zip line and it'll shoot you way up into the sky. And then you can glide, so you put your hands out in a T formation and and you can glide as long as you've got stamina, you can keep flying. Uh, and there's sort of, um, uh, pilot wings esque quests where you have to pilot through, you know, glowing circles in the sky, you know, golden spheres in the sky that you have to pilot through. Uh, so all that stuff I think is really cool and novel and it feels good in VR in that space. I think the game looks pretty darn good. I mean, it is very much. In the uh, World of Warcraft style, kind of cartoonish, very brightly colored, um, abstracted. And yes, it's made for standalone headsets like the, uh, I guess we got to call it the MetaQuest now, um, the formerly the artist formerly known as Oculus Quest. Yeah, Rob's holding one up. Uh, I guess the official name change happened this week to MetaQuest. So um, dumb. that's topic for another time yeah exactly uh but uh yeah i mean it it plays on standalone headsets i've been playing it on pc vr through steam so um i haven't really tested to see how it is on standalone headsets if there's a a big um performance hit by not having it tethered but from what i've read it, it plays pretty well on the standalone headsets and um you have full voice chat when you jump into the world, you hear people proximity based. You hear people talking. Uh, it's a full MMO. Every, like I said, every time I played it, there's been a bunch of people hanging out playing. Um, there are, you know, it's it's a it's one of those games that's going to be iterated on and iterated on, and so I think it does have a lot of rough edges uh, on on launch one of the big ones is character creation is pretty terrible for an MMO and for a VR MMO, where you'd think that part of how you look in the virtual space and, and defining your character would be of utmost importance to the developers because it has such a big bearing in VR. When you're looking at someone eye to eye and they seem to be a, a person standing in front of you, you'd want to have a lot of potential uh, ownership over that personalization, customization. no, and maybe that's the layer that they're going to add in uh as in-app purchases and and a revenue stream so maybe they are making it intentionally bland at the outset but it's unfortunate because there are very few options to choose from uh as far as customizing your character um and the characters all look pretty generic and and little you know sort of vaguely anime-esque you know characters there's there's not much Uniqueness. So you you run around the world and there's a lot of people that look very similar to each other, which is a bit of a bummer. And, um, you know, some of it's a little clunky here and there. uh, But I found myself having a lot of fun with this game with Zenith, The Last City, uh, as I clicked into how the combat works and kiting enemies and doing all the. I mean, it's very MMO y, it's very classic MMO. You get a quest, kill 10 things, go out into the world, find those things. Blast them, collect their stuff, uh, but you're doing it all with you know VR controls. So you're you're putting your arms out and and blasting things, holding onto stuff. When they die, they drop items that you reach out and pluck out and put in your backpack. Uh, all physically, all you know, one to one, immersed in that environment. And the the addition of being able to climb anything and glide anywhere uh, was really fun. I I really dug that element of it as well. Uh, Going into dungeons and um, exploring, there's a lot of cool like chests that you can find and things that, you know, just kind of poking around the environment and doing a little bit of platforming is rewarded. Um, So I think this game has a lot of promise. I think it's a really cool way of thinking about uh, how to do an MMO in a a VR space, albeit very traditional, very traditional MMO. I mean, there's nothing uh, other than the VR element of it. There's nothing really new brought to the table from the V uh, from the MMO perspective. I mean, it's very much grab a quest, go do a thing, turn that quest in, rinse, repeat. Um,
1: What's so, the social aspect like? Like, is it um, guilds? You know, is yes. that, does that layer exist?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I haven't really ventured into any guilds uh, or any of, the, of that, but there are group quests that you need a group to survive. There are different specs. You can have a healer, a tank and DPS, um so you want your groups to be able to do all of those things um and like i said the proximity voice chat you know it it comes with its own set of worry because it, you know you're immersed in this interesting world and then there's somebody who's like what what does this button do you know you just hear him <laughs> talking why can't
1: i get the menu to come up you know that, that kind of thing um the best widest kids sketch <laughs> ever is when they're playing call of duty and i think it's 10 i forget it's it's like mom mom no mom no yeah mom <laughs> they're like they're planning They're like okay you're gonna go it's anyway why yeah. kids uh great sketch comedy sorry no
0: yeah it, it, it's very much that but the other thing that's cool about a vr mmo is that everybody really wants to be there you know and you don't get i mean I, i've had people be very very friendly to me it it, it isn't The sort of uh, wider mainstream audiences that you find in a lot of game releases where you would never want to have proximity voice chat on because it would just be a complete nightmare. Um, The experiences that I've had in the, I don't know, three or four hours I've played this game so far, which is not a lot for an MMO. This game supposedly has 100 hours of content. Um, So I barely scratched the surface, but so far it's been really a positive experience community-wise and uh, people have been very nice. I've had people come up and ask me questions and I've, you know, asked Other people questions and i haven't uh actually grouped up with anyone to to see how that dynamic works yet but i'm you know i i think these kinds of communities where people are you know the game is very small the community is very much wants to be there they've decided that you know they're spending their money on this uh it it tends to result in fewer bad apples i i've noticed um but I'm, I'm pretty high on this game. I, it, like I said, the problem with it is it's not the game to convince someone of VR's potential, right? It's not like this is a whole world and you're in, and, and, you know, you're in it and it's like VR can do what, no one else, what nothing else can do. It's like if you already like MMOs and you know how they work and you kind of dig how they work and also you like VR, I think you'll really like this game like me. But it also is very much an MMO and it has all the bad things about an MMO, which is like super grindy, not very, you know, very mechanical. The world is very static. You know, you're wandering around, there's mobs just sort of waiting to be aggroed. You know, there's not, it's not doing anything. It it feels almost like, um, fantasy star online back in the day. You know, it's like the first steps into an MMO, but because it's held back by the limitations of this hardware in the sense that, you know, you're not going to have uncharted Lost Legacy-esque graphics, or even Final Fantasy XIV-esque graphics. Um, but the trade-off is you're also, yo know, you get to fly around and feel like you're flying, and you get to walk through this city, and it's the size and scale of an actual city, and I don't know. I that All that stuff is interesting and cool to me, so... I'm rooting for Zenith: The Last City and I think it has a lot of uh a lot of potential and and like I said for 30 bucks done you know that's it you paid 30 bucks and now you get hundreds of hours of hours of of game and promises of lots more and and updates that will continue um I think that's a pretty darn good deal and you know it, it it's a full-fledged MMO with like you know, tons of items to get, tons of quests to, to do, tons of places to find and explore. Um, so I'm into it. I'm into it. Rob, you said that you just got a Quest too for yes. Christmas. Right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think of it so far? Well, I
2: mean, I I have the first-gen Vive, so I'm not mm. new to VR right. by, by any means. But um setting up lighthouses and dealing with that nonsense, I was like, ah. And then um, I got this for Christmas, I will say one thing, just sticking it on your head and going playing way more VR now. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then also like in terms of like this headset in in particular, um, I bought the cord thinking PC VR, right. This can replace my Vive, And then I did some digging and I didn't know this before I got it, but you can do PC VR wirelessly. It works great. (laughs) Like it's fantastic. And, so I played through Half-Life Alex on it and it was incredible because I didn't have a tether on my head. I was ducking and diving and rolling around <laughs> on the floor of here. Like it was uh it was that's like the potential of VR. And I feel like without the tether, it's like it's a whole it feels like a whole new thing almost because I don't feel like I'm worried about tripping over the cord and like face planning um, yeah.
1: because
0: of it. <laughs> yeah, face planning for other reasons because you're diving behind running you know, diving away <laughs> exactly. from an ant lion that's running at you. Yeah,
2: yeah. I'm trying to snatch a grenade to throw back, but um, <laughs> aside from Half-Life, Alex, and a couple of just like smattering of things I already had in my library, which are very old by now, but I need new suggestions on the latest, greatest, newest, latest, best things. to Yeah. To put on my well,
0: uh, what's the newest, latest, best in in VR? Let me look at my uh, my what I've been playing. Oh, Song of the Smoke, I think is out for. Yeah, I think it's Out for Quest. Song of the Smoke is really cool. Talking about survival games, if you're into survival games, Song of the Smoke, I talked about it last week or the week before. Um, it's so good, so so good. Again, the you know graphics are a little uh, uh, understated, I will say, because of the fact that it's built for standalone headsets without being tethered. But mechanically, brilliant, super fun, really really well made game. Um, so I would totally recommend that one
1: one game and one game only 11 table tennis mm. 11 table t- i mean also uh you've done tetris right yeah of course yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. it's great on quest again uh because I, I can just literally sit in bed and be like zen <laughs> um but 11 table tennis i'm not good at actual table tennis i'm also not good at 11 per se but it it, the way rockstar table tennis like captured table tennis in like a video game it's like now it's that but vr so it's the approximation approximate why can't i talk approximate no what's the word i'm looking for anyway approximation approximation i am adding extra syllables (laughs) um is is is, it's what you're doing what you're doing and it feels really nice with the uh the quests haptic feedback as well
0: i gotta try that i haven't tried that yet that sounds really cool
1: approximation i think is what i was looking for it was the (laughs)
0: approximation. um i also uh i also tried synth riders because it was like uh, it was free on uh on steam vr for the weekend last weekend or weekend before last whatever it was it was a a free you can play synth riders uh and synth riders is 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 beat saber but uh slightly different it's actually closer to audio shield which is like one of the first vr uh rhythm games um but uh the coolest thing about synth riders christian it has a midnight song in it ooh yeah and and a couple of other bands uh, my my son <laughs> my son I don't know how we found it at one. I think it was, it was like on a, uh, station with the midnight. So we had the midnight on and, and then it went to this other song. So my son got really into this band called dance with the dead. Uh, but he was so young that he thought it was dance with the dad, which I found adorable. So it's dance with the dad. And there's like three or four dance with the dad songs on, uh, on synth writers. So I was like super into the music selection is just phenomenal on this game. And it's more, it's more, um, you know, instead of beat saber, which is basically like percussive, you know, you're slicing through things. This is more, you know, hit the, the, the glowing dot, the right color glowing dot, and then kind of wipe and smear the dots as they come, you know, create, you're moving in more, uh, smoother, less percussive, less staccato. Um, movements which is very much audio shield um but the but the music selection top notch for synth writers have,
1: have you population won me
2: oh rob I, I have not i saw it i have not uh have not
0: participated. i am not a huge
2: battle royale person
0: but maybe it's worth
1: looking at i don't know it's
0: super fun but yeah it's it's very much a battle royale i mean it's very it's much a, yeah. battle
1: royale. it's it, it's PUBG. I think more so than yeah. Fortnite and it, it didn't change my golf game, but friends were like, this will be our golf game. Cause we'll actually be there. And I was like, now I'm stressed and tired. I don't want that to be my golf game.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's cool though. It's got that glide mechanic that Zenith has where you can fly anytime. out by just putting your arms out. Just, I, I love that, man. I it just, it's, it does feel like you're stepping off the edge of something and just soaring. So cool. Anyway, uh, all right, that's uh, that's VR, and that is our show. We do have parting gifts coming up, so stick around for those. But Robert Krekel, thank you, my friend. It is great to have you on the show again. Great to talk to you. Uh, tell folks where they can keep up with you and the things that you're doing
2: on the Internet. Well, you can keep up with me on the Twitters. It's at Rob Krekel. R-O-B-K-R-E-K-E-L. That's the place where I hang out the most, uh, mostly just tweeting about hockey these days, <laughs> but, uh, we're gonna, gonna get back out in the working world, uh, pretty soon. So, oh, um, yeah, there'll be, there'll be some things there. So, but, uh, but yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a, it's been a pleasure as always. I feel like I always say this one i on here, it's been too long. It has it been to do too it long. more.
0: <laughs> it's been very much too long. You know the world. Time is a flat circle, but you know
1: it's. It really is. <laughs> but also now, Rob, I'm going to just bug you a lot more because there's you know less hoops for me to jump through. So prepare for unlimited texts. And if you, the safe word is seriously play Final Fantasy with Frank. And <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I went to a uh, a Colorado Avalanche's game
0: uh, a while back, uh, like before Omicron hit hard, and it was like, oh, it seems relatively safe. Anyway, every time I go to a hockey game, I I come away from it going, I could really get into hockey. I could really get into hockey. And then I come home and then I'm just like, man, I'm not going to watch hockey. But I feel like I could really get into hockey. I don't know. Anyway. It's fun. And my kids love it too. So it's become a whole family thing now. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, All right. Christian Spicer, what about you? What do you got going on this week?
1: Girl Scout cookies, bro. Mm. Yeah. That's what we got going on this week. Today was we rented a U-Haul. My wife is cookie chair for two troops, both my daughter's troop. She is the cookie chair of. So we got the cookies girls in your you community. Actually,
0: do you get a cookie chair if you're the cookie chair? Because I feel like you should be on a like the like Game of Thrones the sword chair. I feel like it should be that, but cookies.
1: I mean, you're joking, Or, or but boxes it's pro- of cookies. Like <laughs> you're both joking. It's more knives out. Then uh, Game of Thrones, it's just like a bunch of cookies behind you. Um, and our dog keeps eating them one by one. But yes, of course you Stop do. Stop eating don't the
0: chair. <laughs> Chocolate is poisonous
1: for dogs. Um, but so your girls and your community should have cookies on hand for, you know, those walk-bys and knocking on doors and stuff like that. So that's fun and exciting. And if you don't have a local Girl Scout that you're supporting, support my girls. They're working really hard. And the link to that is in the show notes. It's also on the subreddit. I'll post it on the discord as well. You go to a website, enter their little code and they will, it'll be shipped right to you. Girl scout cookies shipped right to you. Um, I think Estelle's is one of them. I know they're benefiting uh, epilepsy research um, this year. And I forget the other, but it's, you know, It's all charitable um, and they're working hard. So support your local scout. And if you don't have a local scout, you, you want cookies. So support my local scouts and go to the website in the show notes and, and buy their cookies. That's this week today. Like I said, we rented a U-Haul. All the girls from the troops were, you know, we had it set up outside and they picked up their orders and they dispersed into the world. And uh, these kids are working hard. So support your, support your scouts. I
0: love the idea of the U-Haul. Some are
1: the best girl scout cookies. Don't at me do Christian, what's are,
0: your what's your pick?
2: Samoas?
1: Samoas are really really good and then tagalongs, okay. they they're called here. Um mm. and then there's a new cookie this year, Adventurefuls that are um I think going to be hard to come by. I think it's like a new one and there's not like unlimited supply, so if you see a girl with some adventure for adventurefuls, you might want to hop on them. But yes yeah, Samoas are and it is the coconut caramel with a chocolate drizzle i think they might be called something else in some they made region. Them
0: smaller though a few years ago they made them smaller than they used to be
1: there's no, you just got bigger jeff just, there's we all grew more up. Room
0: in my mouth now
1: yeah we all i do i mean <laughs> that is the way of the world right like i gotta eat get a, a little a more box. <laughs> things get a little more expensive and then the items in the thing get a little smaller and you're like oh this isn't um, but Not I think my fault,
0: five... I gotta eat a whole box in order to just be happy.
1: So, here's the thing here's the pro tip okay, from a guy who has lots of Girl Scout cookies in the house, uh, Beat around them. this time just of year, every year, and, and just stop beating yourself up. That's the pro tip. <laughs> it, it, yes, it really is. Take that box, you know, you're gonna do it. Don't sit there and be like two and then put it away, and then one and then put it away, and then before you know it, allow yourself, they only come once a year, eat. <laughs> the box <laughs> and then buy an extra box that you put in your like rainy day like if they're thin mints are really good frozen put them in the back of the freezer yeah. uh samoa's work really well um just put in like a back of a pantry for like the let's have hot chocolate <gasps> there are samoa's like where do you put your marshmallows where's your hot chocolate mix you know you just put it away there it was so eat your box buy two at least two you know get Extra, and then put one away, and then allow yourself just to have the one because you're going to eat it anyway.
0: (laughs) Mm, mm, mm. Or eat the one box for breakfast, and then eat the second box for
1: lunch. And then my my girls will be happily happily (laughs) ship you those boxes, Jeff. So you can into the show notes, you can find the the link. Problem. Enter (laughs) their code. Support my girls. Buy some buy some cookies. It's win 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 to the win.
0: All right. So um, I also have
1: a newsletter, I guess. Oh, tinyletter.com slash Christian Spicer. I, I totally the forgot about that. It's all prepared. about cookies, though. And how it's you- all about cookies. No, the last, this January's went out. People seem uh, really, it got it's well received, uh, which is always fun. Uh, tinyletter.com slash Christian Spicer. I do long form writing about uh,
0: video games. Read the newsletter while eating some cookies. It just seems like a great evening. You know? A co- it pairs well with a cookie, is what you're saying.
1: You can. Dip your cookie in the newsletter.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, if you want to follow me, I'm on Twitter at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. Uh, Listen to other shows that I do, like the film cast about movies and TV shows. It's real fun. You should like it. You would like it. You'd like it. Try it. Also, we have concerns. My comedy science show where we tell you something really interesting. You can learn something. And laugh along the way. It's good times. You would like it. You should try it. You would like it. Also, I do a long-form Dungeons & Dragons show. It's storytelling. It's exciting. It's adventure. You would like it. Try it. You would like it. It's The Dungeon Run. You can find it as a podcast. Uh, You can find it on YouTube. And you can find it on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash The Dungeon Run. Speaking of Twitch, I also stream a football show. You would like it. Try it. You would like it. It's called uh, the Fan Controlled Football League is the, is the, is the one I do the show for. So it's twitch.tv slash F-C-F. Lots of fun. Lots of goofy shenanigans uh, over there as well. All right. Let us wrap the show up now with our parting gifts.
2: Hey, give us a suggestion.
0: Do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? Books, Yay! specifically
2: The Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson. I just am getting into this after it's sitting on my sitting on my shelf for quite a while, but um, I've really wanted to get back into reading actual physical books, and I'm about 400 pages in, and I really like it. Everyone I talked to was like, "Hey, it's really tough to get through the beginning. There's a lot." thrown at you world building all that i thoroughly enjoyed what i've read so far and i am i am um looking forward
0: to finishing and moving on to the rest of the series um yeah really great one of my favorite series the stormlight archive oh love it love it so good uh i think you're i think you're gonna be gobsmacked by the end of that book and be like i gotta start the next one immediately it's good stuff I bought the whole series, so I'm ready. Nice, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Christian Spicer. What about you? What's on your? What's your parting gift?
1: It's a it's a look back. It's a way back machine. As a Apple Music subscriber, as I imagine many of us are, you know, some subscription service of of music. All of music from all of history, pretty much, is always available to you. I often recommend new pop punk. I'm now recommending old pop punk that you might have missed. Is a band called Midtown. They were fairly big. They weren't a a small pop-punk band of their day. Um, they have three albums, Save the World, Lose the Girl, which came out in 2000, Living Well is the Best Revenge, which is 2002, and Forget What You Know, which came out in 2004. They were fronted by Gabe Septura, I think is how you'd say that name. And after he left Midtown, he uh, was the lead of Cobra Starship, which you might know from their hit "Good Girls Go Bad," which was like everywhere in 2010. Whenever that came out, very different sound from them, but Midtown, very classic early 2000s pop punk. And I have recently gone back into the, into their library uh, on Apple Music and been listening to it, and it all holds up. It's fantastic. So go go learn from your elders and go listen to some Midtown. All right, East Coast boy. I Mr. was going to say from New Brunswick, New Jersey, my old haunts, man. I, uh-huh, I'm very, uh-huh. very cool.
0: Very uh, cool. My parting gift is a new television show on the Apple TV Plus service. I think it's called, uh, and uh, it is called After Party. This is from uh, the, uh, the the the. Uh, Lord and Miller uh, folks that the that, that brought us the Lego Movie and so many other cool things, uh, and it has a, a cast of just some of the coolest, young, funny, amazing people. Uh, it's just like a who's who of all these people I like, uh, Ben Schwartz, and it's just it's so many people. Uh, and uh, it's basically a mystery, uh, but done irreverently, done goofy, done weird. Uh, I'm into it. Um, I checked out the first couple of episodes on Apple TV Plus, and uh I recommend After Party. If you haven't heard of it yet, check it out. I think everybody's gonna be talking about it as it continues. All right. We also got a listener suggested parting gift. This comes to us at feedback at gmail.com. It comes from Cody Green from Ontario, Canada. Cody writes, longtime listener, first time writing in. The parting gift I would like to recommend to you is a content creator. Named Tom Cardi. He's an Australian comedian musician who has been making YouTube videos for the better part of the past year. Tom is a multi-talented musician who plays the keyboard, guitar, bass and sings. most of the songs he's written are quite funny, but also very musically impressive. His music is similar to "Flight of the Concords" or "Axis of Awesome." He even covers some of the Flight of the Con- uh, He even covers a Flight of the Concords song called carol brown and definitely does it justice some other songs of his i would recommend are big breakfast call your mother hycybh and his newest one titled red flags anyway i hope you enjoy him as much as i do his videos never fail to put a smile on my face thanks for all the hard work you put into creating my favorite podcast that actually makes me look forward to mondays thanks cody Again, uh, that is Tom Cardy, spelled C-A-R-D-Y, and uh, you could find Tom Cardy's music on YouTube. i got to check that out. It sounds like right up my alley. I love Flight of the Concord, so I'm into it. Um, if you'd like to have your parting gift read on our show, please send it to us. DLCfeedback at gmail.com is where you send those. That's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Rob Krekel and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for those fun bumpers. Thanks to all the folks listening live here. We appreciate you making the show better in real time. And thanks to each and every one of you who take the time to listen to us and download the show. We're grateful. We'll be back next week. Until then, think